you know, age. Uh, let's look at, for me, there is another dimension to this, right? The, let's look at individuality, which I think is a very, very big difference between, let's take the same two cultures, American and Chinese. When I imagine uh, the stage where you're talking about artificial general intelligence, the to me, what it looks like is that, oh, you won't have just one artificial intelligence. You'll have multiple artificial intelligences. Uh, if we don't do anything about it, chances are that the artificial intelligences, the AGIs that are coming out of uh, any culture and have, you know, reflect the biases of that culture uh, will probably self-reinforce those biases, or if not self-reinforced, but reinforced between themselves those biases. Um, and you might have at some point of time a clash between the different types of AGIs in terms of their cultures and ethics. Is that something that's being thought about? Is that something that's, uh, you know, uh, is that something that would worry you? I, I never thought in the in these terms because what worries me is already what happens, not what will happen when we'll have artificial general intelligence. But uh, what happens now uh, with the use of the systems we have at hand to to reinforce different type of uh, centrality or decentrality of power, because um, as as uh, Ilya was saying, uh, maybe. Maybe um, let's say that the, the, the dominant public ideology in the United States is that of empowering the individual, whereas you have the big data that in fact disempowers individual when the big data is analyzed by powers to be, right? Be them corporation that want to sell you a lot of stuff and target you very clearly, uh, or political targeting, publicity, we've seen it happen. So that's one one hand. And on the other hand, you have China who posits very clearly that they are interested in harmony and social uh, peace. Uh, now, under these words, again, there are layers and layers of meaning. How, what does that mean? Harmony, who's harmony, who decides what is harmonious and not? And what happens with the people who do not uh, agree with that? Uh, harmony. Funny enough, I have on my. It's always good to go back to classics. Uh, this is what I have on my uh, desk now. Brave New World, uh, <laughs> book written in 1932, and I always, you know, when people talk to me about Harari's books, I tell them, "Well, go back and read Aldous Huxley because Harari is like Aldous Huxley Redux." Um, so that uh, just to be brief, Aldous Huxley talks about this world in which all the uh, uh, sources of, of possible discomfort and pain are eliminated individually through biochemical conditioning and social conditioning and the uh, of course the Malthusian dream of no families everybody's uh, coming out of a jar and uh, very much conditioned about the position in life it will have. So it's a society of caste, but it's perfectly harmonious and and uh, peaceful. And uh, and uh, it's funny because that's what Harari is talking about the future. It's uh, it's talking about this kind of 
biochemically regulate the individual in order to eliminate suffering and, and maximizing pleasure. And yeah, you add to that. So, so the future is not China or US, it's a fusion between China and US in Aldous Huxley and Harari's vision. Now, <laughs> will that happen? I don't know, because the, the funny part with anthropologists is that we're looking at those things and we're like, oh, that's fascinating. Technology is fascinating. But what happened when you throw people in the mix? Because again, we think about technology with a model type of thing, you know, as you, as you do when you design anything, you design, you design a phone and you never thought that that phone will be used as a mirror for makeup. Right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so that's, um, so that's why I think that, uh, but the, the problem with the, the centralizing states and so on, I have, Again, it's a question of, of um, perspective and of context. There are, there are instances in which uh, states are so corrupt that um, technology enables citizens to become more active and to gain back the power, right, from a corrupt state. The problem with that is that this kind of very clearly context-specific uh, uh, occurrences are taken by technology evangelists and made to sound as if they are universal and as if technology is better than democracy. And this is a problem that we have today because ex-democratic states, because of that type of discourse, arrived into a political conundrum based on populism, on, on uh, uh, closing in on, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, explosion of, of uh, um, this kind of theories, conspirational theories, and on the ideas that the state is weak and it should disappear because we're going to, people and technology together will solve everything. And that's interesting because that also plays into, uh, you know, plays into the, um, one of the things that the corporations uh, look for is profit. One of the things that the solid democratic state do is tax the profit. Profit is taxed and put into uh, healthcare and so on and so forth. But then if you have only half of the discourse that says, oh, technology will solve everything, then give us the money, don't tax us. <laughs> And we'll solve the healthcare and we'll solve everything technologically. Well, it doesn't really work. And then democracy starts crumbling and then you have populism and then you have forms of totalitarianism that are weaker or stronger and, and so on. So it's, it's really interesting. There is this great uh, book, uh, The Winner Takes All by Anand Giridharadas. He's, he's really interesting and he talks about, about those kind of things in a better way than I talk about. But what is important is that this view, half view of technology and this view of technology as being the next God that would save us from everything, including from ourselves, in fact, this destroys institutions that are, uh, for the moment, enabled the technology to become what yeah. it is. Sorry, Ilya. One, one, sorry, if you allow me to respond to that. I think the... Uh, there is, 
I think there's a fundamental difference in uh, the way I would look at, you know, any technology up to this point of time versus potentially technology many years from now, which is that uh, up to this point of time, our relationship between us and technology has always been, in a sense, technology is the tool, right? Technology is the tool. Even now when we talk about many of the things that you touch upon in terms of how, you know, uh, in your articles about how artificial intelligence, whether it's facial recognition, whether it's, uh, you know, testing for diseases and uh, genetic stuff, that that is still a tool, right? I think the interesting part for me is what happens when that relationship gets broken, if not reversed, where technology is no longer a tool, where technology has a consciousness or intelligence, a general intelligence of its own, mm -hmm. right? And at that point of time, uh, yeah, you know, sure, we may have the ability to pull the plug, probably speaking, but what is it that we do between now and then to make sure that that technology comes up and the, you know, effectively mirrors whatever we believe are the best ethics or the best ethical values, right? Right now, mm -hmm. I don't have to care, I mean, a gun does not have ethical values, uh, neither does my iPhone. Trying to break down uh, governance structures with technology is an interesting thought, but I think, again, it has its, as, as you just said, it has a, this, you hit a logical hard stop at some stage uh, because governance structures and technology are two different things completely. Uh, you can use technology to replace that governance structure, but you can't, substitute governance structures with technology and i think that is the uh, that is the difference to me between where we sit now and where we could be sitting i don't know 20 50 years in the future where technology could be a governance structure mm -hmm. right so you could have a situation where i'm picking up my phone and somebody's asking and the phone or whatever device that i have or straight in my brain oh we're going to use your tax dollars for a b c d e f g would you like to prioritize which mm -hmm. one would you like to pick? How much would you like mm -hmm. to spend against each of these counts? You know, and mm -hmm. that becomes a, a mm -hmm. constraint. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting points. And, and I think just to, to get back to, to your initial point that uh, it's still a tool and we talk about it as a tool. Uh, well, we're, we're just talking before about that uh, suspension of clinical thinking or any other thinking in face of the machine. So maybe we are talking about it as being a tool, but today many people do not re uh, relate to it as if it's a tool, but it, as if it is a master. So my, my favorite thing about artificial intelligence, I call it uh, the best tool, the worst, the worst master. It's up to us to to relate to it in, in uh, as if it's a tool or not. And um, I have another favorite about artificial intelligence. And as you have kids, I also have a, a daughter. He's four and a half. And uh, you know how it is. You give a, a kid a hammer, everything becomes a nail. We are at this stage. We have an optimizing hammer. Everything nice, needs to be optimized, <laughs> right? <laughs> And we're, we're about to break a lot of eggs at this point. Unfortunately, many of those eggs are human lives. And probably 
yeah you know from banking and uh, i don't know when you when you left banking but you know there's a lot of tools now used about when or to whom to give a lifeline or not and it's it's a big discussion in artificial intelligence circles that those tools are far from being optimal and in fact they they take decisions by themselves i mean people follow the the recommendation because that's the problem we we look at the artificial intelligence systems not as if they give recommendation but as if they give orders so this is the major educational part that is missing uh, for people who use those tools is to use them as tools not as uh, managers of themselves right and and that's and that's we got into the we go back to the what Ilya was saying before about mind and how we, uh, we think because of that separation we think that the mind is our master the mind is mastering the body so then you have this big misnomer which is artificial intelligence there's nothing yet intelligent about those optimizing tools and there's nothing artificial about them either 